0: Welcome back to the Active Dads Podcast. I'm your co host, Daniel. With me, as always, is my co host, John. So, today we're going to be getting a little bit more into the actual gym work. Mm -hmm. So, the exercises, we're not going to go too deep into them, but I am going to give you a couple examples. But basically, kind of finding out where you are on the spectrum of lifters. Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, the spectrum of lifting and just. athletics and
0: period. Yeah. I mean, it can cover all sports yeah. really because the way you want to look at everything and with this too, I know it's easy for everybody to say, Oh yeah, I'm an expert. I know exactly what I'm doing. Yeah. That's not always the case, man. I know everybody likes to believe that their skill level is much higher than it actually is. Oh, yeah. So what you have to do is kind of take a step back from, you know, the athlete's role or your own personal role and your own personal feelings and take an objective look at where you are on the spectrum oh, yeah. because if you're a novice and you think you're an expert you're never going to get to expert level right. because you're not going to be pushing as hard as you need to be pushing and you're not going to find the resources you need to have in order to grow to that next level
1: and the reality is you'll join millions millions of others um, injured athletes out there that mm. just couldn't quite get there and they got injured and had to give it up and now they're on to pickleball.
0: Pickleball. <laughs> thats an awesome <laughs> example. <laughs> I thought he was gonna say cricket, but <laughs> yeah. No, <that's, laughs> yeah, pickleball is like the growing. It's it's like blowing up everywhere, man. I've heard about it, but I don't know like the actual yeah, rules behind it. It seems yeah, like a uh, rather interesting sport.
1: Yeah, in
0: name alone, you know.
1: Yeah, I mean if it if it keeps you moving, you know. You get into your 50s, 60s, and you can still chase that ball around. Hey, by all means,
0: go for it. There you yeah. go, man. Yeah. <clears throat> so, um, one of the – I've spoke about a couple of different strength and conditioning coaches um, already on the podcast, and I'm going to go back to one of my favorites. Um, This guy really changed a lot for me, not only as a lifter, but as a trainer too. So, I kind of use his model, and uh, he calls it the lifting model, um, a lifting ex- experience model, whatever you want to call it. But anyways, he came up with four steps to where you can kind of find out not only where you are on you are on the spectrum, but where an athlete is who is coming in. So every time I take in a new client, I kind of see where they fit on this too. And nine times out of 10, they're going to be in the beginner or maybe the novice stage. Mm-hmm. Usually advanced and expert are already going to have coaches in place. Yeah to get to that level, especially on the athlete side of things. But I have trained a couple of those as well, whether they were switching gyms, moved to a new town, looking for a new coach, yeah, um, something along that line. So Dan John gave it four different steps. He said, whenever you are starting out, you always look at the four steps of shit, suck, good, and great. Oh, yeah. So with that model, keep in mind, he's a strength and conditioning coach from – you know, the 80s when he was in his prime. He's still a excellent strength and conditioning coach now, don't get me wrong. But sometimes the nomenclature must change a little bit to current times. And while I still love that model, an easier way of looking at this is going to be beginner, which is going to be the shit part of it. Novice, which is going to be the suck. You know, you're kind of getting there, but you're not quite there. And then you have advance, which is the good. And, you know, most people see advanced, like, oh, you're one of the top guys. No, you still got experts above you. Yeah. So, and I like those terms, too, because they kind of fall in line with the jiu-jitsu as far as no-gi competition. You'll have those divisions as well, and that's the way they're set up. So, John, you walk into a gym, all right? Let's say you walk into this gym. We have a nice uh, about three thousand thirty two square, 3,200 square foot studio. And you see a beginning lifter. What do you see in here? And keep the trainers out of it. You walk oh. in, there's an athlete in here. You see them going on. You instantly think, oh, that guy's brand new. Oh, like, yeah. That's day one. What are you seeing? What am I seeing? Yep. Um,
1: well, the first thing I'm going to notice is, is, like, terrible form. Yes. Um, that's, and it's usually, it's usually some, somewhere between um, – Oh, man, let's see. Somewhere between squats and yep. deadlifts are oh, probably yeah. the two that really stick out, and then curls. Man, dude, swing.
0: curls is a great indicator <laughs> yeah. of a right. how strong somebody really is, right. and b how long they've been lifting. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if
1: they're doing the whole like swingaroo thing, and mm-hmm. you know, there's you know two donuts on the end, <laughs> it's a pretty good indicator. And then, like yep. I I often, I often question sometimes whether some people should even start out with squats or or, or, or deadlifts mm-hmm. um, until they get the form down, at least with any weight. Yes. Um, no, I completely agree. You know, but those are always good indicators. I'm like, ooh,
0: that's not yeah. too good. Yeah, the bicep curl's a big one, especially if you see them do uh, that uh, reverse grip hang clean. You know, mm-hmm. where they're doing bicep curls with their hips more than anything. Yep, yep. <laughs> yeah. But no, so um, for me, you're exactly right. Whenever it comes to squats and deadlifts, really anything with the barbell, mm-hmm. technique is going to show through. If you have no technique, then it's going to look like a Picasso painting yep. in the making. Yep. So for me, I usually make all of my clients earn the barbell. Yeah, I really do. From day one, if you come in, you've been Crossfitting for five years. Cool. We're going to do body weight. We're going to do goblet squats. We're going to do split squats. We're going to do everything else until you prove to me that I can trust you with a barbell and you're not going to cripple yourself while I'm standing there. That's, and there's a lot to be said for that. I mean,
1: when I started lifting 20, whatever, some years ago, you know, I started lifting. I mean, I lifted in school and all that. And of course we had, you know, PE teachers and those things, or those people. But then mm. I started lifting later on in life with uh, with a couple older guys that I worked with who were power lifters. Mm. But, you know, they would they, these are the guys that would warm up on a bench with 405 and then go for, up from there or throw a <laughs> thousand cool. pounds on the leg squat or leg press and say, hey, would you hop on top of it and then, <laughs> you know, press out 25 reps. Yeah. So they were good. But, you know, they weren't, they weren't by any means lean cut. I mean, these just these were just big corn fed country boys with guts, but
0: muscles galore. Oh, that's what we yeah. call the power core. That's they the ain't got core. a six pack, but they can lift up the back of your car and no right, <laughs> right. If you got <laughs> yeah. trapped under a car, these are the guys you want yep. to come help you. But
1: that was one of the things when I started lifting with those guys was you've got to show us that first of all, you know, if we're doing leg, if we're doing legs and and then squats or any of that stuff, you're going to come in here and you're going to have your, your belt on. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, you know, if we're gonna do squats, you're gonna learn to form before we start putting any weights on it. You know, that was they were always form, 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 form. Yeah. Um. You know, keep the back flat. You know, all those things. And if they messed up, they told you about it. You know, oh. they called you out yeah. on it. Um. And I think I think a lot of times people don't do that necessarily. Yeah. Because I've seen it. You know, I'll be watching somebody doing something completely asinine, and I'm like. Somebody gonna, somebody <laughs> going to tell them that's so oh, really bad for them? Because, yeah. I mean, I'm not a trainer, but, you know, mm-hmm. I don't want to be the jerk that says, hey, that's terrible for them. Let me help you. Yeah.
0: But, you know. So, I mean, it could be like you were talking about. So, with powerlifting, a lot of people don't understand But powerlifters are extremely strict on form and training. Uh, Yeah, You know, everybody watches the powerlifting competitions. And, yeah, I mean, then, like, screw form. Just get it up. You're in competition. You get hurt. Cool, whatever. Just win the competition. That's a whole different mindset. Yeah. But whenever they're training, man, if you ever watch Louis Simmons um, at Westside Barbell, Mm -hmm. training, a lot of his training is slow and methodical. It isn't just, okay, we're going to max out every single day until the competition. No, I mean, they really – only handle like 80 to 90% weight throughout most of their training. Most of their training, I would guess, is even lower than that. Yeah. Just because he doesn't want those guys taking those miles and taking those hard hits. Because that's one of the biggest things with training is it's supposed to make you more resilient, not more prone to injury. Right. So with the beginner, like you were talking about, the form is going to be off. Odds are they ain't going to have any type of conditioning. So like once they find an exercise they feel comfortable with, the reps are not going to be there. Yeah. One of my favorite ones is what I call throwing a tantrum. And you see it on barbell bench press more than anything. Oh, yeah. So they'll get under the barbell and, you know, they'll start getting some reps. And I've had multiple clients do this. And I think it's hilarious. Nine times out of 10, it's guys over women but they'll start getting in there and you'll start, they'll start grunting. And then they yep. just start kicking their feet oh, like yeah, a two yeah, year yeah, old yeah. <laughs> throwing a yep, yep. Like, no, 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 drive through your heels, drive through your heels. And they're like sitting here fighting off invisible yep. spiders. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yep. And that's one of my big ones. And I've seen that up through novice. Oh yeah. And I mean, but, and that all, and that whole, that, it correlates
1: to, to all kinds of stuff. I mean, it even it correlates to the running world. Like I know the novices when I see them. Mm-hmm. And, and it's it's like the gym. It's a yearly thing. Like, uh, oh, you know, it's, oh, yeah. it's it's bikini season or it's, you know, swimsuit season. I got to get out and, and I got to lose some weight, so I got to start running. Yeah. And they're, I mean, you pass them and they're just chugging along, heel striking like crazy, you know, no, I mean, elbows are jacked out, mm-hmm. no arm swing whatsoever. There's no chicken wing. Yeah, chicken wing, no forward lean, you know, st- Chest bowed out like you wouldn't believe, and just a grimace on their face because everything I'm sure is in pain—like knees are hurting, okay. ankles are hurting, feet are hurting, and hips are like dogging. You know. So yeah, I mean, it, the same stuff. I mean, it's mm-hmm. it's running. There is a form. There is a gate. There's stuff you need to learn uh-huh. before you decide to move into that world of I'm going to go pound out 15 miles. Yeah, because you could do that wrong. And you're going to be laying in a bed for a while.
0: Yeah, yeah, and um, we'll talk about that a little bit later on. But for me, so I consider myself a novice runner. Like if I'm taking a, if I'm stepping back and taking a very objective look at this, I'm definitely not a beginner. You know, I've done mountain runs and stuff, but I would still consider myself a novice because at the same time, while I know the technique, I've not put in the hours and the miles. To where my body knows the technique. You know what I mean? If I'm thinking about it, my gait's perfect. My speed's good. I've got a nice forward tilt going on. Mm -hmm. I've got some hand movement, but I actively have to think about what I'm doing when I'm doing it. You know, with advanced and expert, it just, you know, you take off running, you don't think twice about it. You know I mean? You probably put some thought into your warm up, but once you start going, it's just going. Your body's in autopilot. It already knows what to do.
1: You'll have those days where it's like, yeah, kind of off today. What do I need to do? And it's like, oh, yeah, I just need to, I need to, I need to work on my core. I need to get, you know, get my
0: alignment Mm -hmm. right. And once you do that, you're back into, you know, where you need to be. Yep. So Um, that's one of the points I was going to pick mm -hmm. up on expert was even though at advanced, you already got the auto body or the auto control down, Mm -hmm. you're going to find those little, hmm, that left knee's feeling a little off, you know, or, oh, I'm kind of landing a little bit more pinky on my right foot than I normally should. You know, you can not only just go into autopilot, but you can self correct and notice like, okay, something's something's a little off here. Oh, so yeah. I need to figure out what that is. Yep. You can self mm-hmm. diagnose self diagnose. Self diagnostic. Mm-hmm. Self diagnostic. Yeah. can form a self diagnosis. Pref- ah. <laughs> 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 All right, we're getting ahead of ourselves. <laughs> so novice. So one of the reasons why I still think of myself as a novice is like I said, you know, I've studied gates before. I've I've studied running. To a point to where I feel like I have the information, but like I said, my body hasn't put the time in yeah. to be able to use that informa- information on the fly and yeah. adjust. Mm-hmm. So, novice lifters, that's going to be the guys who come in and they have a little bit more of a uh, exercise repertoire. You know, yeah. they're not just hitting the staples that you hit over at Plant Fitness. And they're kind of moving, I'd say, more away from the machines into the free weights. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? They're no longer relying on the Smith machine. They're not relying on the hammer press machines for chest. They're actually breaking out the dumbbells, doing some flies, getting a little bit of technique behind them. But you can still tell something's a little clunky. Oh, yeah. You know, it's just a little bit off. You know, like whether technique is right or not, their body's still trying to work on what's going on. Yeah. Just like I talked about with my running. You know, and keep in mind, too, this can be – Across different modalities, you oh, know? Yeah. So, like, for me, one of the big places I see most people at beginner is whenever they grab a kettlebell. Yeah. You know, I would personally consider myself an expert in the kettlebell. You know, I mean, I literally wrote a book about it. I've done hundreds of videos. I've taught seminars yeah. about it. So, whenever I see somebody doing a kettlebell swing, I'm like, mm, they're, they're not keeping tension. Yeah. Like, they're losing tension at the bottom. They're throwing up at the top. So, something's not right here. So, I can tell that they're either a beginner or novice Mm. within those forms. Um, Okay, so with the novice, what's something else you would say is like, what would you say separates a novice from an advanced runner? Hmm. So now we're moving from suck to good.
1: Yeah, I mean, that really, realistically is, uh, I mean, that run gate, you know, that form's going to be still be the big, a big indicator there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you can, you can see it. You can hear it. You can,
0: their that's feet the slap crazy on one, ain't it? Like, yeah. Like, like you can hear it. Mm-hmm. It sounds stupid, but whenever you're a runner, you oh, know yeah. exactly what you're talking yeah, about. You that. know, the guy like,
1: like I can be, you know, whatever, you know, go, go to a road race I've done, you know, and you're doing your thing and all of a sudden you hear it behind you as fast as it's coming they're, they're they're gonna pass you like a like a freight train yeah but you already know in your mind they're gonna pass me but in about 30 seconds i'm gonna be chewing them back up they're gonna be walking and, and <laughs> yeah. it's every time there they are they're beat red in the face and they've just you know they've leaned back the whole time they've really slowed mm-hmm. herself down but then they forced herself to speed up mm-hmm. you know they've done more what they've they've over- overloaded their legs not used momentum and just wore out their calves and quads trying to propel their forward when they're leaning backwards. And all they really had to do was lean forwards and help propel their forwards, do yeah. less with their use gravity and motion. Mm-hmm. Um, those are the folks, you know, still, the, you know, the chest out, head back. Yeah. Um, those are the, uh, I think that's that's the biggie. Once you kind of hone that in. Yeah. I think it, it kind of gets you to move into that. Um, okay, so
0: exactly. So we're moving from... They kind of understand the big picture, but they don't have the small details going into it. So they're hitting more plantar flexion. They're not using their ankles properly. They're more, we call it running with their knees. Running with their knees. Yeah. Yeah. So whenever I was in college, um, one of my professors, Mr. Surratt, he always told us whenever we were doing the VO2 max test to don't think about running. Think about a controlled fall. Yeah. Like think about falling forward and you're just catching yourself. So I know that applies pretty heavily in the sprint community, but is that similar in the oh, yeah. mountain, in the running community? <clears throat> yeah, I mean,
1: so chi running is a big thing, um, yeah, and, and that's really a lot of a big part of chi running is is using forward momentum and gravity to push you forward, um, and so you're doing less work with your legs. Okay, you're really it's it's a shorter shorter leg movement. Your your feet are landing underneath you versus a long, out in front of an elongated. So you're
0: not reaching and pulling. You're not reaching you're and just, pulling.
1: You're literally propelling forward.
0: Uh, okay, but you do have a lot more ankle articulation, right? Right. Than you would anything. Okay, yeah. gotcha. Yeah. So yeah, I mean that's
1: that's I was I was I'm long legged, so I was already I was always you know an elongated run, you know, reach pull reach pull, and then I realized well. Maybe I should shorten up my stride a little bit, lean forward when I started with the chi running stuff and, and it really worked out for me. Um, and then a lot of other people have kind of adopted that, that style of running as well. Yeah. Um, I mean you still have to know both ends of the, or you know you still have to have both ends of the spectrum. So if you're descending a steep downhill, you know you're gonna, you're gonna elongate your stride there. To try to help with impact and you know impact on your back and, and knees and all those things, mm-hmm. so you got to know to do that. When you're going uphill, you're going to shorten your stride again because if you're going uphill and you're the longer that gait is, the more you're just destroying your quads and everything yeah, you'll else. Burn yourself out more resistance. Um, so a lot of times, you know, I'll get beside somebody that's got a really long stride and I'm just sitting there just pecking away on a steep uphill doesn't kill my cardiovascular system, and it surely doesn't destroy my legs, Mm -hmm. and I can keep on climbing. But there's a lot of that still relies on having some power and strength in your legs.
0: Yeah. Okay. All right. So one of the big things that I'll notice, and I'm sure you've seen this, whenever we're talking about lifters that go from novice to advance, a lot of the gear goes away. They don't have the wrist wraps. They don't have the weight belts.
1: Oh yeah. They don't
0: have the you know like all the bells and whistles. They don't carry the duffel bag around with them full of all the accessories and all of that stuff because they they kind of understand like don't get me wrong I'm not saying they never use them but I'm just saying a lot of the accessories start going bye bye they don't wear gloves anymore. Like screw it. My hands are going to get tore up. It's more of a mental shift Mm -hmm. than it is a shift within the technique themselves. You know, like we talked about as a novice, they've probably started putting those hours in learning the techniques. Mm -hmm. So when they get advanced, odds are they know how to train themselves. Most of them probably know how to train others if they want to. They have built a encyclopedia. They have kind of got all the exercises down that they really like. Maybe they're trying some new ones. Maybe they're reaching some new modalities. But a lot of the gear starts fading away, or a lot of the accessories, shall I say, starts oh, yeah. fading away.
1: <clears> yeah, I mean, and you start kind of uh, researching your limitations. Mm. So, you know, that's and,
0: a big one too yeah. in the lifting communities. A lot of the maxing out starts fading away once they yeah, advance. Yeah. Like, like <laughs> where, like, what's the best I can do?
1: But it still beneficial to me mm-hmm. like you know I used to think that deadlifting 500 pounds was some huge feat well, I
0: mean, it's, still, I mean, it's still a huge feat When 500 I did it, pounds
1: 500 pounds when I did it it was it was cool and all but mm-hmm. then I remember how I felt after I did it and during <laughs> yeah. that I did it and I was like do I really care if I do that again no you know yeah. but I, I mean I love deadlift and I love that's one of those things I don't do a lot as much of now as I used to but I used to love the deadlift but, but then, the DLs like, cause ED. Yeah, I like my, my spleen where it's at. And, yeah. you know, <laughs> that's one of the things, like I was talking about, Corey. I mean, he, he and I used to deadlift a lot together. And that was, mm-hmm. you know, we started, we talked, we were catching up a while back and we we're talking about it. And I'm like, yeah, you're still uh you still trying to get the you know, 405s and the 500 And he's like, no. He's like, you know, I, I like my spleen where it's at. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I'm right there with you, bro. <laughs> like, yeah. So, you know, now it's, you know,
0: 120, 150 pounds, and I'm I'm happy. It's what know. you need. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, but no, um, a lot of the maxing out and a lot of the failed lifts are going to drop off too. Mm-hmm. You know, you see a novice in here, they'll fail left and right because they don't understand. You know, yeah, they might get a little bit of that external ego going on or external motivation from somebody else in the gym yeah. and just, oh, God, that's too heavy. Advance a yeah. guy, you're not going to see a lot of missed lifts. So They yeah. understand what they're capable of. Don't get me wrong, you're still going to see some. I'm sure – you know they're still going to push themselves, so you're still going to see some, but you're not going to see a lot of the what do you call it? like the bro stuff going on. Oh yeah, you know I mean, I mean they're past that bro stage. They're ready to actually buckle down and get some stuff done.
1: Yeah, it goes to that bigger picture that we were talking about. Like I'm doing this so I can do this. So if I if I'm screwed up, I can't do this. And yep. you know and, and like like right now with. Two big hundred mile races on our on my calendar. I was about to say don't hour, you know. Mm-hmm. It ain't on my calendar. <laughs> yeah, so so everything I do, I'm looking at what I've got coming up. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, this would be cool to do, but yeah, I don't know if I really want to do that because I want to. I don't want to be getting messed up before this race. Yeah. So you know, it's. I mean, that goes for everything as far as, like what I'm eating, like f- taking shots, getting a vaccine. Vaccine. I mean, it's all. It's all. You know, I don't want to do anything that's going to screw up where I'm at now and where I need to be yeah. in 24 or 20 weeks or whatever. Mm. So, you know, and lifting is a huge part of that.
0: Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. And I would also say, um, along with the failed lifts that a lot of the injuries and the pings and yeah, little bang ups here and there are going to fade off going to yeah. advance too, yeah. because like I said, you're un- you understand your body. So you kind of know what you can do and what you can't do. Right. You know, and so if you, the same thing with runners, you know, mm-hmm. once you get advanced, you're not going to have plantar fasciitis. Your foot's going to be right. adjusted that you're not going to have knee pain because you're going to know how to deal with that knee pain. What stretches to use, what mobility right. exercises.
1: Yeah, you're going to learn
0: the importance
1: of recovery. You know, yep. I remember when I first started, like recovery was, well, what was that? You know, it was like
0: <laughs> drink a protein shake yeah. take a nap yeah run every day lift
1: every day every single day mm-hmm. if i got bored go to the gym again you know i mean that's what i did um and the heck was the recovery that wasn't important yeah but you know you get a little older and you you start to get the aches and pains and and you remember those things so now you realize oh recovery so like yeah. for this week it's a deload week it's you know a couple short runs Mm -hmm. off on sunday which were normally is like yesterday was an eight miler for me Uh, sean did seven or eight um and then we ran 16 on saturday well we've got eight to ten this saturday and then sunday we're off which i'm so looking forward to that yeah because we've not been off in six weeks Um, dude
0: that is a heavy heavy schedule man. yeah
1: it is and um so yeah that's what we were talking about saturday we're like man i'm so ready for this deload week you know it's like five tomorrow but a novice is not going to
0: know the first thing about a schedule load like that. No, I mean, you think you got to run more. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you want to get better at running? Run more? Yeah, yeah. Oh, you did 12 yesterday. Let's do 15 today. Yeah. yeah. But no, so they don't understand the importance of recovery either. And honestly, I would go as far as to say that at the advanced level, you're probably going to see your professional athletes. Oh, yeah. You know? I mean, expert of course, you're going to see a lot more professionals there, high level. Mm-hmm. Like you were talking about before, elite athletes yeah. are going to be more in your expert category. But, yeah, I mean, your professional runners, you know, maybe your professional powerlifters, yeah. um, professional football players, whatever, you're going to see that at the advanced stage. Maybe they haven't mm-hmm. pushed all the way to expert yet, but they're well on their way. Oh, yeah, for sure. You I know, know the, they've got the basics down pat
1: and and, and then some, you yeah. know. I mean, Yeah, you can trust them not to hurt themselves. Right, they know yeah. what they need to do to get – what they need to get done done
0: mm-hmm. yep all right and then we move on to the great aspect of it which is what we're going to call the experts um with the experts that's usually the people who start reaching for reaching for more modalities and mm-hmm. seeing what else is out there you yep. know like maybe they're the ones who start you know a different sport just to play with it. maybe they're the ones who pick up you know, if they were into barbells, they pick up the kettlebells. Yeah. Or a lot of the times, honestly, the expert lifters that I know usually make their way back around to body weight. Yeah. You know, and I mean, it seems like a crazy thing, but these guys know their body so well, much like you and yeah. myself, to where you can get a lot out of a set of body weight squats. Oh, I don't know, yeah, really, it might sure. take you, you know, 50, 60 to 100 to get in there for a set, but you feel the muscles move and you know how to get that mind-muscle yeah. connection going. You know, what yeah. used to take you 40 pounds on incline flies now it only takes you 20 because yeah. you start squeezing in the middle to add some more tension and cut back on the resistance. Right. You know, and you start taking the less is more approach yeah. to training. Yeah,
1: and I mean, that's kind of where I'm at right now. Um, yeah. And it, a lot of, like for me, it's all like based on seasons or, you know, whatever sport I'm in. Yeah, because I'm, I'm one of those guys, I tend to jump around a little bit, um, but it's now mainly, you know, ultra running and, and some bike racing, um, <clears throat> but it's always it's always been, you know, at what part of the, at what part of the season am I at? Am I, am I at that part where I'm really focused more on power and strength, and then I start to move into that, all right, well, I'm weaning off the power and strength, and then starting to get more into the, you know, the, the light resistance. And then into more just playing out body weight um, and, uh, yeah, body weight workouts and and more Metcon style
0: stuff just to help my endurance base. Yeah, more resistance, less weight. Yeah. And that's one of the big things that I push, especially since I've been doing my minimalist program. Like we talked about on here, man, my joints just feel great. And that's a big thing for me. Before, I used to love to lift heavy. You know, when I say heavy, Like, don't get me wrong. It was not heavy compared to powerlifters. Oh, yeah. But relative to what I was doing, it would be heavy. You know, if I was doing a set of 10 or something, number eight would be terrible. Nine and 10 barely came up. That was what I always thought you had to do to build the muscle that you want. And I really found out that because of my body type and just the way my body reacts to stuff, that's a terrible idea. Yeah. Whenever I train, it's very minimalist. You know, so my workout today was single side incline press. With a 35-pound kettlebell for 12 reps. As soon as I knocked that out, I did 12 inverted rows and 12 kettlebell swings with a 36 kilogram kettlebell. Yeah. You know, I did yeah. four rounds of that. And it was perfect for me. Like I'm I got all the muscle activation I needed. I felt a nice solid pump. My energy still felt good when I was done. And I'm sitting here not sore whatsoever. I wake yeah. up tomorrow, that'll be my conditioning day. Yeah. Because, you know, whenever I first started, whenever I was in the beginner phase, of this. I thought, man, I've got to work out 6 days a week. Like I've got to get bigger. I got to lift as much as I can. I got to eat as much as I can. Yeah. Well, that turned out to me being chronically sore and just destroying my gut health because I was eating so much food I couldn't process half. of it. Yeah. <laughs> so I end up doing myself more harm than good in my, you know, late teens, mid to late teens. Right. So as I grew, or as I grew into the industry, That was still my thinking, man. I probably did that for six or seven years. Lifted way too much and ate way too much. Always felt like crap. Yeah, I got bigger because my body's holding on to so much inflammation from all the unneeded calories. Mm -hmm. It was ridiculous, you know? Yeah,
1: I, I know I was at that exact same spot. And that was when I was, you know, when I first got back into racing bikes again or riding bikes again. I mean, that's when we were... That's when we were still maxing out on the bench press, maxing out on the squat, where you were just collapsing at the end of, because you were done, like, you know. And then I was trying to ride and run at this bigger, you know, much bigger guy, you know. And I mean, I was eating thousands and thousands of calories a day, like those colossal bars, those colossal brownies. I I (laughs) ate two or three of those things a day and a couple shakes and food. I mean, so yeah, and I felt terrible when I first got back into running or. Got back into the running aspect and the riding. I mean, I remember the first ride, bike ride. It was just from the spa out around Granite Falls and back. It was like thirty miles. I couldn't get off the couch for two days. <laughs> I mean, I felt I felt like I'd been hit by a truck. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so you know, now it's 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 funny because I've, today's I've fasted all day today because it wasn't a. I mean, it just. It's just how it worked out for me today Mm -hmm. but so I ran 16 and a half on Saturday eight yesterday fasted this morning did a pretty you know intense workout you know upper body workout at lunch and I still feel good I mean other than just being tired from the day but I'm not sore I still have energy I could go run a 10k right now and be fine yeah Um, so that's where I really want to be I mean that for me you know and that's how I gauge where you know where I'm at but um, and I've kind of, I mean, my workout schedule, you know, I lift three days a week, but I've kind of dialed back the weights on that. The movements are great, um, but heavy I'm not really worried about. Um, it's just more of the muscle movements and and those things. I still want to look good in a bathing suit or whatever. good, man.
0: Yeah. Everybody wants to look good naked. They're right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Never met a single client that didn't want to look good naked. I, I mean, either. yeah. Obviously, you want your health, but why not have both, you know? Yeah. My body looked like a cell phone, though. Like a cell phone? I
1: looked like a cell phone. (laughs) Sorry. it's an inside joke. Okay. That's for my wife.
0: (laughs) Yeah, so, you know, at the expert level, too, you're going to see, well, even at the advanced level, you're going to see a lot of uh, programming changes. You know, they're not going to be coming in here and hitting the top four and then working the mirror muscles and heading home. You know, there's going to be a lot more hitting the hamstrings, hitting the glutes. That's a big thing whenever you start. Oh okay. So this is a interesting turn of topics. So these are going to be very different from men to women, especially once you get past the novice stage. Yeah. Because men are actually going to start working the hamstrings and glutes mm-hmm. and women are going to start working other things besides the hamstrings yeah. and glutes. Yeah. <laughs> like I just thought about that and uh I kind of watched my wife go through the first three stages of this. Um, From beginner to advanced, uh, especially right before she got pregnant, I would say she was definitely in the advanced category because she was working on becoming a personal trainer herself. So, she was moving her way up to the expert category. But, yeah, so, you know, um, the first two years, I'd say she was at the beginner level. Third and fourth year, easily novice. Like, you know, she'd still hit hamstring and glutes about four days a week (laughs) but she would work other things in oh yeah and then whenever she got to the advanced part of it she was looking at getting heavier with her barbell back squats or standing overhead press um her pull-ups you know i mean she was 120 pounds 115 120 pounds five foot four she could knock out seven solid pull-ups from a dead hang so i would definitely give her advanced on that but yeah she started branching out into it you know and like with guys it got me thinking about when I said mirror muscle. You yeah. know, a lot of your beginner and novice guys are like, oh, I ain't working butt.
1: It's oh, that yeah. Jane
0: Fonda stuff. I ain't no woman. Those are my favorite workouts. Dude, Still. that's – Well, I mean, every time I have a, cl- a male client in here, and I'm like, dude, your glutes are weak. That's why your low back's hurt. Yeah. You need to start doing some bridges, some single leg bridges. We need to get you doing some roman deadlifts. They're like, well, I don't want to work my butt. I'm like, yeah. have you ever seen the guys in the NFL? Yeah, or- huge ass, huge ass, huge hamstrings, cause they're yeah. pushing trucks yeah. constantly. You know, I mean that's your powerhouse, literally. Yeah. One thing I've always been blessed with: is big legs, man. And, and I'm I mean, proud of them. Yeah, mine's bird legs. I had to build mine. It's I terrible. No you try to buy pants, but you know it is. But then you get stretched in them.
1: Right now, everything looks good. Yeah, right now they're a little smaller than normal because of the running, but uh, mm-hmm. but I still, I mean, those are still my favorite workouts. When people say. God, it's leg day. I'm like, yeah, I like leg day. I mm. mean, I prefer doing that over anything because that's just – they've always – that's always been my strength. Yeah. Um, mm. It took me years to even get pecs – or to get – to grow pecs. Mm. Um, so that's one thing I was blessed with, pecs and shoulders. A, like. I was bird chest I'll get out. Oh, really? <laughs> oh, yeah, man.
0: Like – now, I've always had wide shoulders and a wide chest. You know, what I mean, I'm, I don't have a very thick chest yeah. just because my upper chest isn't very developed. But the good thing is, but, is
1: it doesn't. Now that once I once I got it, it doesn't take me long to to get it back. You know, if I yeah. run crazy, run crazy, and I start to lose a little bit, I, once I slow down, and start lifting again. It comes right back.
0: Um, well, that's the crazy muscle memory. Yeah, that's the craziest thing is the pecs are the muscles that deteriorate the fastest. Yeah. Because there's no real application in life that you're going to be using chest a lot. You know, yeah. I mean, how often do you push something at shoulder height, you know, <laughs> right. or how often do you have to pull your hands together yeah. shutting something? Normally, if you're shutting a gate, you grab it and then you walk the gate over. Yep. So you don't really use the chest that much in modern society. Yeah. So unless you're doing pushups every single day, you have to hit some chest to get it to develop to where you want yep. it to, you know? And the same thing with the upper chest, man. The upper chest goes away so quick. Yeah. I mean, you don't train upper chest at least once a week. It's going bye-bye. Yep. That's all there is to Especially it. Especially if you're throwing in a lot of endurance. Yeah. Well, I mean, endurance is going to... Chewing up that muscle. It is, but, yeah, I was about to say, if you're training properly, it's not going to. I've but have really you, that problem. I mean, with you, you don't really need to carry around a lot of muscle. Right. You know what I mean? That's going to hinder you more than help mm-hmm. you. So, obviously, you want to have some muscle just because... You're an athlete, you should have some muscle. But that was did we talk about that before? A little bit. Whenever I ran the uh, Black Mountain Monster, getting behind different people? Yeah, kinda maybe. Okay. So whenever I ran this is before I knew you. And so when I say this, I mean it in general terms. Obviously not every athlete looked like this, but every guy I got behind had like these like thin cable like calves and just scrawny legs. Right. So, every guy I got behind looked like they had been starving themselves for a week to make a weight class.
1: Yeah.
0: And every woman I got behind had small legs and big calves. Yeah. So, like, they would have a small ass, small legs, and big calves. And that just blew my mind for some reason because I couldn't understand it, you know? You've got males and females both running his track. But all of the guys had these little tiny, and I mean, you could see like individual cables going from the knee to the ankle. Like you could see every muscle fiber in their calf. Oh, yeah. But all of the women had like bigger calves. None of them had those real like tiny, stringy looking calves. Yeah. And it just blew my mind. I could not figure that out for anything. I would watch their gait, their gait would be similar. You know, what yeah. I mean, obviously not the same because everybody's different. Everybody's wearing different shoes. Oh, yeah. All that stuff. Yeah, I was like, what? Like, what's the, what's the advantage here? Like, evolutionary, what are we talking about here? Why yeah. <laughs> why yeah. are these different muscles running this exact same course? Yeah, and
1: I've always, it's kind of funny. and I I mean, I own it because I just enjoy it. But, you know, I get a lot of compliments, or not compliments, but comments. You know, you don't look like a runner. Yeah. I mean, you're not built like a runner. I'm I like, think it's a compliment. Kind of like, okay, but I can, mm-hmm. you know. And I like to do it. I mean, yeah. you know, I may not be winning races. I may not be beating those 120-pound dudes. But I can hold my own.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and I can sprint when I want to. And I can run uphill when I want to. And I've got power to do that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, it's you know, I got big honking legs and, and big calves. So, it's just
0: kind of like. Yeah. <laughs> and like I said, you're one of the outliers. But whenever, and there was a couple of outliers there, too, don't yeah. you know? You know I mean, there was some overweight. People who were just trying to get out there and get themselves started. Mm -hmm. And there was some guys who were, you know, pretty good shape, you know, pretty decently fit. But overall, that was just one of the observations I made. And, you know, when you're out there running for 24 hours, man, your mind goes through every topic in the Rolodex. (laughs) I was thinking about aliens and hoping I saw some bears at one point. You run through everything because you're out there for 24 hours staring at trees. Oh, yeah. You know.
1: And then the sun goes down and everything turns into a bear.
0: Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, especially on the Black mountain monster where they got those glow sticks hanging yeah. like every 100 yards or something. Uh, and I mean that is a I mean that's a bear sanctuary anyway. Well, town, um, so. I talked to the guy who runs it uh back when I hit the um the bunks or like the barracks that they have there yeah. where you can take a shower and yeah. stuff. I was talking to him and he said, "Yeah, there's like a Family of bears that live out here. People oh, yeah. see them almost every year, but they never bother anybody. Yeah. They just stay away from you. Yeah. Yeah.
1: That's like the ones on, I mean, because they always, Montreal has bears on campus all the time. I mean, you would yeah. be pulling into Montreat College. And you're like, oh, hey, Mr. Bear, because he's standing on the side just staring at you. You know, I mean, <laughs> basically domesticated. Yeah. They're just so used to humans. It's, yeah. You know, yeah. That's what he was talking about. Unless yeah. you're from like Florida or something and you freak out.
0: <laughs> oh, is there a bear downtown? <laughs> it's a bear. Yeah. <laughs> trying to hate me yeah crazy (laughs) yep all right so whenever we um you know going back through this we had the beginner novice advanced and expert usually what you're going to see between all of these that we've discussed in detail already is the technique that they use for it Uh, sometimes it's going to be the exercises as well you know i mean yeah you do have those advanced exercises you know my personal uh training system with the kettlebells the turkish get up is not for beginners i would never have somebody come in on day one hey my name is daniel you ready to do some turkish get ups let's go because i'll watch people crack their skull and probably you know break some limbs yeah so (laughs) we stay away from that but a lot of times it's just gonna be the technique man like you see somebody grab a barbell and let's say they're going for a back squat you know they kind of like load up the barbell and you know, oh, this is too heavy. So they set it back down, take some plates oh, off yeah. of it, and go again. You see them back up. First thing they do is look straight down at their feet. Yep. Second thing they do is whenever they squat, those heels come up. They're on the ball of their feet. Their knees are about as close to the ground yeah. as their heels, Making and they just hurt. Just up. <laughs> they grind it up. You'll see, like, the right side come up high, left side's low, and they're just, uh, uh, finally get it leveled out, yeah. slam into the rack. But whenever you see an expert go at it, you're going to see them, you know, they've already got their stance. They've already got whatever weight they need. You see them pick it up. The abs are tight before the bar even moves. They take a steady step back, knock out their set, stand back up, walk right back into the rack. You know, one of the biggest compliments I get um, consistently from clients is whenever I'm demonstrating technique, you know, whether they know the technique or not, I'll still say, you know, all right, one more time. Then I'll go through it, hit the bullet points, tell them where attention needs to be, tell them where they shouldn't be feeling it, and then I'll let them roll. You know yeah. what I mean? The whole thing takes five seconds. Oh, yeah. But every time I show them that, they're like, you just make that look effortlessly. Yeah. And my answer is always the same. It's because I've been doing it forever. Oh, You'll yeah. get there. <laughs> you oh, know. Yeah. So whenever I do that, like it's always good to hear that. You know yeah. what I mean? I'm not using exercises that I'm like, oh, hey, I saw this on Instagram. Check this out. Yeah. And yeah. then they start doing it. And you're like, uh. I don't know. You're feeling it in your back? You shouldn't be feeling your back. I don't know. I don't know what's going on there. You know, yeah. I can fully explain. But go every... ahead and finish it. Yeah, yeah, Go ahead and finish it up, and then we'll see how it feels on the next set. Oh, you can't make it today because you threw your back out. <laughs> yeah. Oh, snap. How'd you do that? <laughs> yeah. Get a call from their chiropractor. What did you do? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but no, and I've talked about this many times before. As a personal trainer, you want to make sure that every exercise your clients are going through, you know the ins and outs of it. Oh, yeah. You've done a thousand reps of it. You know exactly how to program it in. Because, look, I can take my normal training sessions built around five exercises. You know, I'll give you everything you need to know to be a personal trainer. I'm, that's my next book. Right. But my entire basic model is built around five exercises per session. Now, I can take five great exercises per session, and I can completely destroy someone's body because they're not in the right order or they're overloading one body part over another. You know what I mean?
1: Or you just make us do 10 freaking rounds of it until we fall over. Exactly, yeah.
0: So Been there, done that. Yeah, with that five exercises, you can just destroy somebody or you can use them in a way to build people up. That's Mm -hmm. what we look to do oh yeah and that's why i tell my clients like you're gonna have those mental strength days but more often not it's going to be a body strength day i don't want to break you down i want to build you up i mean the goal is
1: the 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 reality is the goal is to get you from novice to expert Hmm. whether you're ever a professional anything yeah the goal is to get you to be an expert to where if you decide hey i don't need a trainer anymore I can go do this and realistically you've done what you were supposed to do. Exactly.
0: Yeah. And that's me. That's why I don't care about turnover as long as my climate clients or former clients in this case continue to work out. Right. Like if I train you for a year, you don't need me anymore to train yourself. If you want to grow past just general health, then yeah, you're gonna have to learn some more stuff. You know, but you've seen me with my clients, I always try to explain to them not only why they're doing it, but why it's beneficial for them to do it. That way they start seeing the bigger picture. And they understand they're like this is just we're on like step four of a twelve step process. Right. I'm trying to get you to be great. Yeah. You know not
1: to mention just having somebody to to push you out of your comfort yeah. zone. Yeah. I mean that's that's a biggie.
0: And that's a lot of my advanced lifters that I work with, I'm here to keep them accountable, to make sure they don't get lazy mm-hmm. and to help push them through other techniques that they haven't thought of yet. You know, like Mark is a perfect example. We had him on the podcast and Whenever he came to me, he was already mentally strong, and his he was physically strong because he had been doing body weight exercises for you know thirty years, yeah, if not longer than that. Because he started playing soccer when he was a child, so we got him up in there, or we got him to a certain point with the body weight, and then I started throwing weights in there. You know, the first time he ever did a barbell deadlift was with me, yeah. and the perfect thing about it was he already had so much body awareness that it was easy to teach him how to do this. Yeah. So whenever we got started, man, I just gave him the verbal cues and let him have at it, and he did deadlifts today. You know, excellent form, no cues needed. His body already figured out. So with the deadlift, I pushed him from beginner to advanced already, and he's been working with me, you know, two years. Yeah. And the deadlift, man, it's it's a rough one. You do it wrong, you're gonna be hurting. Oh, I've seen a lot of a lot of a lot
1: of folks that, I mean, have been around the industry, you know, and still have problems with proper deadlift form and technique yeah. mm-hmm. and i mean you can just see it and you see it in their face and oh, know, they're hurting oh yeah <laughs> they're pulling um, it but they're hurting you know and it's so it's definitely form and perfection man mm-hmm. and just having somebody to point that stuff out oh yeah and letting me you know let Eco go go
0: yeah and so the cool part about working with advanced athletes too is uh much like you i'm bragging on you for a little bit oh, thank god um <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> I was about to say, I know you aren't going to do it yourself, so I'll do it for no, you. But whenever you were doing the Metcons on Fridays, you yeah. know, I gave you a couple of my kettlebell flows. yeah. And like, I'd break the exercise down for you, obviously. But as soon as you grabbed a hold of the bells, you know, verbal cues were all you needed. I didn't have to say, okay, stop. Let me put you in position. You know, I just tell you, all right, keep your abs tight. Perfect. Hands up, you know, biceps to your ears on that press. Perfect. And then we'd start moving through it, you know. Something I mean, yeah. you were extremely teachable, not because, not because you were listening, but because your body was already so aware that it knew what it was doing. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I get somebody coming in at beginner or novice, then I'm going to have to teach them how to do a hip hinge. Yeah. That's one of the worst things to tell somebody who's used their ass for a cushion for the past 30 years is how to do a hip hinge. Yeah. For you, I'm like, all right, cool, let's hinge down. And you automatically just hinge right down, you yeah. know. It's kind of like I was running a little robot with two kettlebells in its yeah. hand. <laughs> but that's one of the big things, too, is once you get to an advanced athlete, you are so much coachable because you understand just right off the verbal cue what's yeah. expected of you, oh, yeah. you know. Yeah. And with the uh, and the importance of technique is, obviously, like we were talking about, you know, pulling 500 pounds is an amazing feat. Oh, it is. But if you're hurting afterwards, it's pointless. Yeah. You know, you just damage yourself. You didn't build yourself up. It's cool that you can pull 500 pounds, but congratulations, you're crippled for three days. Yeah, and it goes back to what we said before.
1: How does that benefit your training? And yes. how does it how does it fit into the the big picture or the the main goal in mind? Like mm-hmm. right now, deadlifting 500 pounds for me fits nowhere in what I've got going on. Yeah, there's my zero goals benefit. Sure. So the only thing I could possibly do is mess myself up. Yeah. And screw up the rest of my season. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But once, so the importance of technique is A, to reduce your risk of injury, right? Right. And B, to work the muscles you're wanting to work. Mm. Kind of like we were talking about with the uh, reverse grip hang clean, or some people call it the Planet Fitness Curl, Yeah, is you're working hips and momentum. Momentum ain't a muscle. Mm -hmm. You know, you want to do a bicep curl, especially with a barbell, put your back against a wall. Yeah, make sure your hips nor your shoulder blades come off of it and let me know what your bicep curl looks like. Then, that's the proper way to do a bicep curl. Mm -hmm. Nothing moves except your elbows. All right, so with that, whenever nothing's moving beside your elbows, you're literally just working the bicep. That's what you're working whenever you're doing a curl. You know, if you're doing a hack curl or something else, then obviously other things are going to come into play. Yeah, but that's going to be efficiency versus effective if your only point is to get that weight up do it in the most efficient manner as possible get Mm -hmm. your hips involved you know swing the hell out of that barbell yeah but if you want to be an effective exercise take the efficiency away back up against the wall no hip movement keep your abs tight shoulders up and pull that you know pull your hands from your hips to your shoulders
1: yeah man i look at that just like i look at pull-ups i mean yeah man like Pull-ups and kipping pull-ups. Like, no, come no, on, so. just do pull-ups. Yeah, let's not talk about the kipping pull-ups. That's a whole rant in itself. <laughs> like, I mean, I know there's some people that do kipping pull-ups that probably want to murder me right now, but it's just no, like... It's a cardiovascular point?
0: exercise. Like, yeah. Like, seriously, you're doing the worm while you're attached yeah. to a pull-up bar. Just go run. That's, yeah. I mean, that after you are done and butterfly pull-ups. pull-ups and, yeah. Yeah.
1: I mean, I, and that kind of goes back to what we were talking about with, like, Arnold's book, you know. I mean... So, the the Arnold's Encyclopedia to Bodybuilding. Of Modern Bodybuilding. That's one of those that I've had for 20 20 years. Um, Yeah. And so, I've always looked to that thing for, I mean, any and every lift that you could possibly need or want to do is in that book. But then we've, like, taken it and twisted it with, like, kipping pull-ups or, you know kipping
0: this or keeping that, you know. Yeah. I don't but that's it. the thing, is the entire exercise is made to make the foundational exercise easier. Right. It's supposed to be easier because you get stronger. Right. It's not supposed to be easier because you found out a new way of doing it. Right. You know, that's like people doing pull ups with the bands tied around the bar and yeah. tucked under their feet. Yeah. Why don't you just get a lat pull down machine? Yeah. You know, let's let's keep proper form instead of something pushing you up. There's nothing that pushes you up in a proper pull-up, so you're getting the wrong line of pull. Right. With that, you're just trying to stay underneath the bar instead of it pushing you out behind the bar. Yeah. You know? But no, uh, like we talked about before I started the podcast, I'm on my fourth read-through now. Yeah. I don't know how many times I've gone through that thing. Yeah. And I'm still like, oh, God, I forgot all about that. Why haven't I been using that? So I'm taking notes out of it on the fourth read-through, man. It's got everything you would need in there. I mean, everything from... Olympic lifts. I mean, it's all there. Mm-hmm. And,
1: um, but again,
0: yeah, Arnold was so far ahead of his time yeah. when it came to nutrition, when it came to programming. Yeah. And we was can, excellent. Have, and we're continuously just trying to reinvent
1: and reinvent the stuff that's there. Yeah. It's worked for years, but then we're doing stuff like that. It's like, mm-hmm. and people buy into it. I don't get it. Oh,
0: no, of course, man. It's the new big thing. Yeah. It's like, oh, you've been doing it this way. This way is much more efficient. Yeah. I'm sitting there yeah, thinking, but, but, I don't know.
1: What about that guy that had the, Three 45 45-pound plates strapped to his belt, and he's just yeah. up, rest, slowly back down. Yeah. Up, rest, slowly back down, he knocks out 25 of them compared to your seven mm-hmm. keeping ones with no weight ties.
0: Yeah. I mean, come on. Dude, that's it, and that's one thing that a lot of bodybuilders even miss at this point was Arnold and Franco and Sergio and a lot of those guys were powerlifters yeah. as well as bodybuilders. Yeah. They weren't just Absolutely. making big, pretty muscle. They were moving weight, down and ridiculous weight.
1: And those guys that I worked, those guys I lifted with as power lifters, I mean, yeah, those, like I said, they had guts and the
0: mm-hmm. whole
1: nine yards. I mean, but they could still, after at the end, sit there and knock out twenty five normal pull
0: ups. Yeah, I mean, <laughs>
1: that's it, man. That's just for know, fitness. Yeah. yeah.
0: And I mean don't get me wrong, twenty five that's gonna be a little rough on the elbows after a while. But yeah. I usually keep mine under ten. Yeah. Anything over that. My ten tonight it starts kicking in hard. I exaggerate a little bit. So <clears throat> all right, man. I think we covered everything. Um, just to recap, that was basically the uh lifting model as to how advanced or how how far along, let's say, yeah, you are on your journey. Um, like I said, beginner, novice, advanced, and expert and with this, we kind of listed a bunch of different ways to figure out where you are on the spectrum. And like I said, man, it's there's nothing wrong with being a beginner. There's nothing wrong with being a novice. Yeah, you know, If no, novice is working for you and you're chasing your goals and you're meeting your goals, excellent, man. Stay there. Absolutely. But if you're at the beginner novice stage and you're wanting to advance, hire a trainer. Yeah, you know, for sure. I'm not just saying that because I am a trainer. I'm saying hire any qualified trainer in your area. Yeah, you know, and that way somebody can push you to where you want to be. If you don't want to get to being an advanced lifter or an advanced runner, there's nothing wrong with that either. You Uh-oh. know, if you just want to stay healthy and fit, you can easily do that at the beginner stage. Oh yeah, for sure. You can stick mean, to the body weight, stick to the main lifts. Yeah, man, be good. Everybody's gonna go through phases, you know. Yep, and it's I mean,
1: I'm I'm kind of there where. I mean, I'm doing things for fun. Mm-hmm. I have big goals. I still want to be fit and healthy. Yeah. Um, but I'm not so much worried about on the running end of it of being this elite runner anymore. Yeah. Um, I just want to enjoy it, you know, and, mm-hmm. and have longevity that comes with it. So,
0: yeah. yeah and like with me, you know, um, by trade, I like to go back to the beginner stage yeah you know i really like the unconventional lifts the unconventional tools so whenever i bought a steel mace it's like cool it's time to start back over at the beginner yeah. everything i did was clunky i hit myself in the back a couple of times with a big 10 pound mace then i'd like to think that i'm advanced in that i don't think i'm an expert yet i still yeah. got some work to do i still got some hours to put in but then i bought the steel clubs went back to beginner on that you know when Whenever I feel like I've hit advanced or expert on one tool, I like to buy another tool, especially the old ones. I love the old conventional stuff, man. My next one's probably going to be a Bulgarian bag. I've played with it a little bit. I'm definitely a novice at best on that, so I can't wait to get another one. I should probably make another one and start playing with that again, man. I love those old school implements that the old wrestlers would use or that people have forgotten about for the past hundred years.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm kind of getting to that point. I
0: guess where I'm ready to start
1: throwing in some more Metcon stuff, and let's and do it, man. I like those. Yeah, got some more videos to shoot. Yeah, I, know. I always yeah. like to be dripping wet with sweat when I lay, when I leave the gym. So mm-hmm. as long as I can run the next day, <laughs> that's the only downfall.
0: <laughs> You'll figure it out. You're smart. All right, man. I think that's about it. Anything yeah. else to add? No, I think that's pretty much covers it. Excellent. Well, thank you very much, and thank you to all of our listeners. Be sure to hit that subscribe button. That way you get updated whenever we have a new podcast coming out. And as always, if there's anything you want to hear me and uh, John drone on about endlessly, please send us all of your questions and uh, whatever topics you'd like for us to cover. Yeah. All right. Thank you very much. Peace. Later.